Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome in, everybody. It is On the Clock. I'm Ben Kenny. Phillies 24-7 and Sports Radio WIP. A happy President's Day as I record this. It is Monday, February 19th. So this will air on a Friday. It's being recorded on a Monday. I'm taking a little trip before spring training, before the season begins. And, I mean, it's a good thing. We last spoke on Thursday at the end of last week. Since then, a lot has happened. So there's ample content. We're not scraping the bottom of the barrel, obviously, with the season starting. So, I mean, today's President's Day. I think the first question anybody would ask is, why do we still celebrate the President's birthdays? But, I don't know. As the NFL season expands, maybe this becomes Super Bowl Monday. I don't know. I don't, I don't like litigating holidays. But that was something I was wondering. As everybody's off, there's no school. Everybody else is not working. Obviously here, we're still working today. There's a radio station that has to continue and content that has to be put out. But that's a a thought from the day. There's a lot to get to um, in the show today. We're going to talk later. There's some actually pretty substantial moves. One guy I wanted the Phillies to get is off the board. There's some rumors on the top guys remaining. I want to get into whether World Series expectations are fair for this team. That was a discussion on radio at the end of last week. I've made my thoughts clear on the offseason and how it's been approached. I've been thrilled with everything pretty much that's gone on. But is it fair now that the season is approaching to put World Series expectations on the Phillies? We'll get to that. After, um, one of my favorite things of the offseason and the beginning of spring training is when Rob Thompson joins Howard Eskin and obviously answers plenty of questions about the team and such, but also Howard gives his perfect lineup and they react. We will react to that. We'll talk about Thompson on with Howard because there was some interesting stuff there, but I wanted to start here because the biggest news, um, the first substantial piece of anything regarding the Phillies and signings finally dropped. The Phillies sign left fielder Whit Merrifield a guy that we brought up on this show, I think when I did my perfect offseason, it was extend Nola, it was get some solid old platoon bat in left or center, and Merrifield was a name I brought up. I wanted the Phillies to sign him for the entire offseason. So it's good news. Phillies, um, $8 million deal with a club option for 25. He's 35 years old. And listen, I'm not going to tell you this guy's going to come in and light the world on fire, or this is the best signing in the history of the world. He hit 
what? He had 270 last year, but a lot of that was at the start of the year. He's a, you know, low 270s, slightly below average major league hitter. He plays left field and second base, but it's depth. It's valuable depth. He's experienced. He's a baseball player. Like, he hits for contact. He could steal a base, I guess. Here's here's my thing with it. I love the move. Let's put that out there first and foremost. I was happy with the news. It's a logical next step to make. There's some stuff there when it comes to Rojas we'll get to, but it's a contact, again, base runner, smart player that'll fit in, that doesn't need to play every single day, can play multiple positions, and I am grading on a curve of are you better than some of the scrubs they had on the bench last year. Whit Merrifield is better than Jake Cave. Now, Cave's still on the team, and he's a lefty, so it's different, but Merrifield's better than Rodolfo Castro, right? He's actually a guy I think you can use and can help the team. So it's a good acquisition. It's low risk. It's a one-year deal. People should be happy about it. That said, the reaction to this move was ridiculous. And maybe, I mean, social media does not actually show the true reaction of a fan base or you know what I mean. But there's this big segment, and we talked about it last week, that's saying the Phillies didn't do enough this offseason. Howard asked Thompson about it, and I love the answer, and I think Thompson's right. The team is better than it was last year just by the context, if you actually consider it. Just making a move for the sake of making a move isn't just the magical elixir to make a team better. I think the Phillies are better. And when you look at, okay, they've actually spent the second most money in baseball. Yeah, it's on NOLA. But if a guy named Blake Snell got the money, then everybody looks at it differently, even though NOLA's better than Snell. So there's that part of it. And then people looked at the lack of big acquisition uh, in terms of offense. I don't think the team needs it. And now they look, the, the problem is, the same people that said the Phillies have not done enough this offseason, and they're not better than they were, and they're not going to win because of this, look at this move and say, okay, now they're actually better, which is an asinine thing to take away from this signing. Now, this is going to sound like me ripping Whit Merrifield, but in reality, like I'm, I'm not actually ripping the guy, and I like the signing. So consider that context with the general thought after. It's a good signing. Whatever. He's old. He'll, he'll play a position or two. He'll hit a little bit. But the thing we have to understand is that no team is ever a Whit Merrifield away from winning a World Series. There is never a, a team that gets to a point and says, if we had a 35-year-old bench bat that could hit 270 and just bat around a bunch of singles and play a little bit of below average left field, then we'll win. Like, those guys don't move the needle. So, good signing. Not a needle-moving signing. If you thought the offseason was good enough before, then it is still good enough with this. If you didn't think so before, then this didn't change it. That's the message I want to send. Because, yeah, two days ago, or two days before the signing, the thought was the Phillies didn't get any better, which I think is untrue. And it doesn't change with a 35-year-old utility guy with a below-average bat. So just making the move for the sake of making a move is not, it's not how teams get better and it's not how teams win. So that was my issue with it. There's also a lot of reaction online about how people think Merrifield actually kind of stinks. I'm not going to go that far because 
like, yeah, if you just look at the numbers and, you know, his OPS plus divided by war, whatever, his nerd stats might be showing some decline. The guy's 35. He's obviously going to decline. I like this signing because of the intangible baseball sense of it. He can actually put contact on the ball. He's a veteran. He played in the minors for like eight years and then finally is, has carved out a solid career for himself. Those guys are valuable on the team. I've, I've seen him compared to Josh Harrison or Ronald Torres. The problem is those guys actually stunk. Like really, really, really bad. Whit Merrifield is better than bad. But people are reacting as if it's like he had to be good. The signing had to be good. It's okay to just get a veteran for the sake of getting a veteran who knows how to how to be a professional, knows how to win, and I think can be inserted into the lineup and be a con- and be a good contributor. Give solid contributions to the team. That's how I view it. And that's what I think this team needed because I thought one of the biggest problems was the depth on the bench. And that depth on the bench really being like Jake Cave, who I don't really like and don't trust. Kirsten Pache, who's young and is the same player as Rojas. And, and nobody else. Like there's Rodolfo Castro's not on the team. He stinks. I just need some veteran guy I can put in there and feel good about. So that's what um, that's what I think Merrifield is. So I'm happy with it. The other logical takeaways from the signing are this doesn't mean great things for Rojas in terms of making the roster. If Marsh is healthy and they sign Merrifield, I could see Merrifield being a close-to-everyday left fielder. Maybe you put Pache in. Uh, Definitely Pache in for defense. And Marsh is the everyday center fielder. And Rojas starts the year in the minors. Before this, there was obviously a better path because you had fewer outfielders. I want Rojas to start in the minors. I want the guy to get better and join the team in July and then help them down the stretch of the season. I don't need him on the team in March and April. I don't. So it doesn't mean great things for Rojas making the team, but I'm totally fine with that. And, um, yeah, that's the main other takeaway. The other bit is, I mean, I'm on radio with Rob Ellis yesterday, and the mispronunciations of his name are incredible. Say, save me from all of the stupid uh, whiz wit. All those jokes, I'm good. Just save me from all that. But all of the Whitfield, all of the Merriweather, the call, people that called in had no clue how to pronounce his name. And he's a good name to mispronounce. Whitfield, Whitmary, you know. And we're notorious for not being great at the pronunciations and these things. So that's a part of it. And I'm excited to actually see how bad it gets as the season continues. So that's Merrifield. There's your 10 minutes on the Phillies actually making a signing. I want to move on to this. Rob Thompson on with Howard Eskin. One of my favorite interviews of the year. It's available on uh, the podcast feed. You search Howard Eskin Show. It's on the Odyssey app if you go back to Saturday at 8 a.m. I want to start with where their conversation ended, and that is Howard Eskin's perfect lineup entering the season. Stott and Turner. I want guys running around the bases, and, and they both feel that they should have more stolen bases. Harper third, Bomaria Multo. It doesn't matter, they're flexible. Schwarber fifth, fifth. Bomaria Multo, then either fourth or sixth. Castellanos, Marsh, and Rojas. You got your lefty righty, lefty righty. You got it all fit in there. And tell me what. That's a good lineup. 
It is. It's a good lineup. And whatever one we go with, if it's not this one, if we get shut out three or four days in a row, I'm going to this lineup right Okay, here. well, I, I put it on a small card so you can keep it with you. I'm putting it in my wallet okay. right now. All right, there you go. Uh, credit to Rob Thompson for playing along. That's It's what makes this, I think, the Howard-Thompson relationship engaging. It's because Thompson knows how to play into the thing, which is what you need to do. The worst thing you could do is just push back on everything. That's when things get worse and get toxic. So credit to Rob Thompson there. The lineup. Bryson Stott, Trey Turner, Harper, Bohm slash Romuto, Schwarber, Bohm slash Romuto, Castellanos, Marsh, Rojas. I would love to. I I, I will. You know what? Uh, let's pick it apart. Johan Rojas is not starting the season as the everyday center fielder hitting ninth. So you could take him out. You can probably move Marsh down. There's no Whit Merrifield. And this interview happened the day after the signing. So, I don't know. Maybe Merrifield hits eighth in this. Marsh hits ninth or the other way around. The The entire problem is around Schwarber hitting leadoff, which he will and which I love and which we will relitigate every week. People get angry about it. But if you were to not have Schwarber hitting leadoff, I have such trouble having him hit fifth or fourth because the guy does hit 200 and he gets on base, which is valuable for guys behind him to knock him in. But in terms of pure knocking in runs and being an RBI machine, he does hit 200. So having him hit fourth because you love the home runs and you you need the home runs desperately to be two run and three run, it kind of misses the, your, your what is it, missing the forest for the trees? The point of it is it doesn't work nearly as well. So this is him hitting fifth. The biggest problem I had with the lineup is JT Romuto hitting fourth. I hate to put it this way, but JT Romuto is starting to reach. He's starting to go off of the side of the cliff when it comes to production. He hit 250 last year. He wasn't the dynamic offensive threat you're used to seeing. Now, he's still a very valuable player and one of the most on the team because of how great of a catcher he is. But JT Romuto is your eighth hitter. The guy isn't that good at offense anymore. He can't hit as well as he used to. And I would love to be wrong. I think JT's your eighth hitter. So Castellanos moves up realistically. I like Bohm at four. So if you if I really want to humor the people and give them the lineup without Schwarber hitting leadoff, because that's what a lot of people so desperately want. It's Turner one. It's probably Alec Bohm two. Harper three. Castellanos four. Stott five. I guess Schwarber could hit six then. And then Marsh and Merrifield and or Marsh Romuto Merrifield. But I don't even that that doesn't even feel right as a lineup. Compared to Schwarber, Turner, Harper, Bohm, Castellanos, Stott, and you switch them righty lefty, depending. Um who's next? Merrifield, Marsh, JT. You know, configure the back end as much as you want. So I I was somewhat pleasantly surprised with how not terrible the lineup was. The biggest thing is I think people are going to overrate Romuto and think like it's 2018 because it isn't. It isn't. So there you go. I, I just think it works with Schwarber up top. It really does. And there's the cliche that they win. So that's that. Other uh, things that stuck out from Thompson on with Howard. One of them was this. 
He was asked about what he thinks about from the Diamondback series and maybe regrets that he has. And this is what he said. How much do you think about what happened in that playoff series? One that the Phillies were obviously expected to win. Yeah, I, th- I thought about it a lot, actually, over the course of the winter. And, and you know, you go th- back through your decision-making and, and the processes and, and try to improve on that. And uh, I know the, the Kimbrel situation, um, using him in, what was it, game five or game four, I guess, mm-hmm. games three and four, um, that's been a big issue. But if you look at, at Kimbrel's numbers in September, he, I think he threw 12 innings and tw- had 12 appearances, gave up two runs. The first four outings in the playoffs didn't give up a run. And then games three and four, you know, it got away from us. But, um, but I, I, that one I'd do again. I really would because I, you know, you don't. One game doesn't necessarily mean it's a trend. Um, and I had, a lot, I still had a lot of confidence in him, and, and Craig did a really good job for us last year. So, that was one decision that um, I, I'd probably do the same thing. So he said he would do the Kimbrel thing over again. Um, I mean, he has this wrong. You don't need me to tell you this. I don't want to fully relitigate the entire end of last season, but Thompson is wrong. And I don't know if he's protecting Kimbrel or or what the angle of that is. That is, first of all, I don't think it's something that he should have said because we know how the fan base feels about it. Had he had said, yeah, Kimbrel wasn't right, and I regret using him in that spot, it's easy to say you're not disrespecting anybody. And I think the fan base views it as a learning opportunity and values that comment. So I don't love it for that reason. It's disagreeable. But that said, generally speaking, everybody looks back to Kimbrel and Kimbrel and Kimbrel and Kimbrel. And I do too. Like, as I said, my grandkids, when they learn about what made us hardened as sports fans and, you know, cynical, angry people, Craig Kimbrel is going to be brought up because that's the punchline, you know, like like Bartman or like Buckner. But it is forgetting the other things that happened. Like with the Cubs, the shortstop drops the ball that would have been the double play. The Red Sox, um, and forgive me, I don't know the exact chain of events, but it wasn't just the error that lost them the game. There are other things that led up to it. So I think it's forgetting the bigger picture to just go in on Kimbrel, 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 right? It forgets that the offense... I mean, totally disappeared and crapped down its leg for the final two games. That's the biggest piece. And that's out of Thompson's control. And everybody, who Rob Thompson didn't change the lineup. Why is Bowman in fourth? I heard that on Saturday. People are still stuck on Thompson not changing the lineup with Bohm struggling. Guess who the only guy that hit a home run in game seven was? Alec Bohm. Thank you. Not Harper, not Turner. Not any of the guys you wanted there. Not Castellanos. He stunk. So that decision was right, but it still looked back upon. People are still questioning Thompson over it, which is insane to me. But the bigger part of that is Taiwan Walker totally disappeared. Vanished off the face of the earth. And if he had started game four, Chris Sanchez doesn't need to be there to forget the outs and have the moment be too big for him. Which means Thompson can avoid having to use Kimbrell in the first place. That means you can wait later for Hoffman and later for all these guys. You can avoid Kirkering, maybe. Maybe Taiwan Walker actually is a pulse and can help you. That's the bigger problem. And then there's also forgetting the fact that Soto stunk, Kirkering stunk. Like, Kimbrell was, again, the punchline. The team 
did a lot wrong to even end up in that situation. So let's be clear on that. Because that's going to, people are ripping Thompson left and right for that comment. And again, I would not have made that comment if I was him. But still, it's not, it's not the reason they lost. So um, he did give something that he does somewhat regret or that he would somewhat do differently. The right. one that, that I struggle with the most probably is, is pinch hitting for Rojas in game seven, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. And, um, you know, now, uh, you know, going back on it, would I do it again? Yeah, that's maybe one that I might think a little bit harder about. So this one I actually, actually will defend him on. You pinch it for Rojas. And I hate to relitigate this, but it's brought up again and people are talking about it. You pinch it, Rojas, who do you bring in? Do you bring in Pache? Who, and, and pardon me, I don't have Christian Pache's numbers up in front of me. But we know Rojas was hitting like a pitcher, okay? So you bring in Pache, who hit 238 last year and was, I mean, dead average, if not below it. You bring in Jake Cave, who, I mean, made the last out, and again, nobody, I don't trust Jake Cave in that spot. It's not like you had an ace in the hole, and you had Hoskins on the bench ready to come in and give you that moment. So, yeah, it was wrong in hindsight because Rojas was lost, but the, the roster was so thin, and the bench totally, totally blew, that what are you going to do? So I will defend him on that one. And that's all the relitigating we need to do. The final interesting point, and this goes back to the Merrifield thing and Rojas in general. He talked about the status of Rojas um, on the roster entering spring training. The one thing with Johan, and I've talked to him about it, is that we don't want to bury him offensively because we, and hopefully it's this year, um, we think he's going to be a really good offensive player. And I think in time, uh, once he under, really understands the strike zone, really understands his swing, really understands his hot zones and what pitches to look for and what situations, he's going to hit some home runs because he's that strong and the ball comes off his bat. Um, the defense is, I don't, I don't think anybody can question his defense, but we don't want to bury him offensively um, confidence-wise. So if there's more work to be done, then then we'll get that done someplace else. But So there's that, plus the fact that, you know, knock on wood, we've been we've been – pretty healthy for the most part in the last couple of years and there's but there's going to be injuries you know so you got to have depth we, we've added depth with our our pitching with some bulk guys and some starters some experienced starters at triple a and so that's good and now we've we've got some depth on the on position player side so there you go i mean i i hear that and especially after merrifield signing thompson saying they don't want to bury rojas and they might have to get him work somewhere else it sounds to me, and broken record, Ben is back. It sounds to me like he's not starting the season on the team, which I am I'm thrilled with, I'm happy with. I think that's good for him and good for the team in the long run. But I guess I'm prepping everybody to not be surprised when that happens. Don't be surprised when Rojas starts in the minors, and it's not a sign of bad things. The guy needs at-bats. He won't get them every day in the majors. And... I think it's had a negative effect, or at least the playoffs last year probably did. So so that's that. Um, that's Thompson on with Howard. Let's do this. We'll, we'll step away quick. And when we come back, the Phillies made a couple more smaller signings, and there are a couple rumors that I want to touch on. And I'll do that, and then we will talk about the World Series expectations. Is it fair to put those on this team? All of that coming up next. I'm Ben Kenny. It's on the clock.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome back. It is On the Clock. Ben Kenny with you, at Ben Z. Kenny on Twitter. Thoughts on a recent Bob Nightingale article that I will touch on at the end of this show. Stupidest thing I've seen this week is something Bob Nightingale wrote. My thoughts are there about it. I will share them later on. But at Ben Z. Kenny on Twitter, Phillies 24-7, obviously, and Sports Radio WIP. Listening on podcast, leave the review. Uh, we thank you for it. So a couple other updates on the Phillies. And it was officially announced today. They signed David Dahl, which is fascinating. Former Colorado outfielder. Now, I'm a I'm a fantasy baseball sicko, and I, I pay attention to prospects. When it comes to who's good enough to actually help you, right? Like, I, I can't recite every franchise's top 30, but I know the names that are going to come up and make impacts. And this guy came up in 2016 and was stellar. I mean, he had 315, an OPS of 860. He was really good. He was good again in 2018. He was good again in 2019, made the all-star team. Which is also, bookmark this, we need to talk about using, and I just did it, but using the All-Star game as some, some great accolade, which is just who was hot for the first two months of the season, forgetting the important parts, but we'll get to that another day. And then he totally, but Dahl, totally fell off the cliff. 2020, he had 183. I think he got DFA'd by Colorado. 2021, he went to Texas, hit 210, stunk. And then um, bounced around. He was with the Padres last year for like a game. So now the Phillies sign him. It's fascinating. 
And I am I can't tell you the first thing about what's going on with him now, aside from that he's free and nobody else wants him. But I think back to 2016 through 19, and the guy was a factor. Like, the guy was good. So, I don't know. Maybe that's a Jake Cave replacement if he can actually play. But I like that signing. I like that idea. That's the Jeff Hoffman concept. Hoffman was getting ripped apart in Colorado and then goes elsewhere and stinks. And then, look, he's a good pitcher now. So, you get Dahl in here. You make him work with the hitting coaches. And hopefully something comes of it. So, that's one. The other... Matt Gelb and the Athletics said the Phillies could continue to accumulate depth. This is coming after the Merrifield signing through minor league deals. Major league sources um, said the Phillies remain most interested in pitching upgrades either through trade or free agency, but any meaningful acquisitions might not come until July. Key term there. Any meaningful acquisitions might not come until July. That's what we've been saying. For most of the offseason, that is the way to approach this season. You need a big deal. You make it when you know what you need because you don't need anything right now. But that doesn't surprise me. It also signals they probably aren't going to land Snell, and that was never going to happen. Looks like he's going to the Yankees. It kind of points to them being out on Montgomery, but there's an interesting thing here, which is from Jim Bowden of MLB Network on Wheeler. So the Wheeler extension is a big story. I said, number one story entering free, um, entering spring training. And Jim Bowden on MLB Network Radio, obviously, Wheeler's going to get a, a crap ton of money. And we've talked about how, you know, it might be a, it's a tough decision to make. And it's one that you hope they can settle, but you don't know. Quote, if Wheeler's camp gets greedy, Dave Dombrowski could pivot to Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery right now take Snell out of there. I don't believe that, but continue. And then he could play this year with Wheeler, Nola, Montgomery as his first three starters, backload the deal, and let Wheeler walk as a free agent. It's in essence spending kind of the same money. They don't make much of this year, and then they get backloaded, and it's as if you had signed Wheeler. That is an approach if Wheeler's asking for way too much money, and frankly, if Montgomery's market totally disappears. Which, I mean, I, I think the guy's still going to get paid. That is a, it's a fine plan B. I read that, and I don't know. A lot of this is agent speak. They're trying to get Montgomery signed. A lot of this is probably posturing to get Wheeler the money he wants. I kind of trust they're going to re-sign Wheeler. I think the guy's that good, and they value him that much. But if you tell me the plan B, as opposed to just going nowhere, is to get Jordan Montgomery, I'm okay with that. Like, you lose Wheeler, who's, I mean, this is theoretical. The best statistical postseason pitcher of all time and your workhorse. But he's older, and you don't want to make the risk of giving him too much, and then he falls off the cliff. For Montgomery, you might be more durable, and not the ceiling, but maybe you make a trade and get that guy. Like, it's it's clearly a worse scenario than just re-signing Wheeler to whatever money. But out of all of the scenarios that could possibly be there, it's not the worst plan B in the world, if that makes sense. So that's what I thought when reading that. So those are the rumors. Um, how about this? The, this topic was on WIP late last week. Put out there. Is it fair to put World Series expectations on this Phillies team? 215, you know, the whole deal. Is it fair to put them on the team? I think it is. 
I think it is. But not really for the reason that a lot of other people would. There's there's this odd blood in the water type of attitude that I think we as Philly fans sometimes have where we love winning and winning means so much. But there's also a sense of fun and joy, I think, we take in tearing down coaches. Or as soon as we turn on a guy, it's as if we take joy in bringing them down. It happened with Chip. It's happened with a bunch of coaches. And it happened with Girardi. It happened with Doc Rivers. Like a level of joy that we take in getting on to the next guy and tearing down somebody we see as a fraud. Now... I think Rob Thompson is one of, if not the best manager in baseball. So I am not this person. But I think there's a blood in the water type of thing where Phillies fans that hadn't seen winning in a decade and suddenly the team's winning and really good, they see postseason losses and they think the way you fix all of this is by canning the guy that got you there. Again, I think that's insane. But I think that's happening. And I think it's going to happen. They hate the Schwarber thing. They hate the pitching thing. They don't really want to put blame on the players or whatever. They think, yeah, if you lose in the NLCS, you deserve to be fired, which is not true. But I think people are putting World Series expectations so that they can then turn on the manager when it doesn't happen. Forgetting the context of maybe why it doesn't happen, why the team ends up struggling. So I say yes. There should be World Series expectations because the team's that good. Because I've talked all offseason about how they're the best team in the National League. And this is a window and this is an opportunity. And they're clearly the class of baseball up there where they're one of five teams that should have those expectations put on them. But I do think we have to remember the context. If Zach Wheeler goes down for the year or Aaron Nola goes down for the year or Harper does, God forbid, you know what I'm saying. If their bullpen just is hit with catastrophic injuries, Thompson is no chance. And you, if they lose in the playoffs for things that we can easily see coming because there are deficiencies because of injury, what are you going to do? That's baseball. That happens. If they lose because they choke a series to the Diamondbacks, okay, then there's real cause for anger. I don't think that's going to happen again. But we have to remember the context of the season, why things happen. It's the same thing with why they started slow last year. The World Baseball Classic screwed them. Harper wasn't right. Turner just stunk. All of that. Nola wasn't right. You have to think about the context. So I don't want to make excuses, but I think if they don't win the NL, it will either be because they lost to an all-time good Braves team, which hopefully they don't. But if they do, that has to be considered. Or big catastrophic severe injuries happens, which also is never a reason to turn on manager or GM. So that's that's my main take on it. I think it's important to put expectations, World Series, on this team because we have to put pressure on the front office to push the chips in at the deadline. As I've said, the deadline is when you make the move. And there's actually something on Trout I'll get to in a second that, you know, maybe a guy like that's available. And then I'm, I mean, you put Trout in for Whit Merrifield. That's a bit of an upgrade. But we have to put pressure on the front office to push the chips in because they didn't do it last year. And they haven't done it this offseason, which is okay. 
They have to do it at the deadline. And putting those expectations on the team, at least in part, puts pressure on the front office. So that's important. But I do think, I mean, we'll go through the first month and everybody puts the expectations on. And the team isn't great. Maybe they're good, but not great. We have to remember that it's not won or lost in the regular season. If they win the division, that doesn't mean anything about what they'll do in the playoffs. If the Braves win by 30 games again, that also means nothing. Because we've seen the last two years. So that's not the important part is not overreacting to what's happening during the season. Right? Like we get angry at games or we joy at games and all that. But not overreacting because the team's two games under 500. Time fixes that. It's a long season. So that's an important part of it. But I think their past success generally warrants these expectations. It's not unfair to put it on them, even if it's baseball. Even if that's a crazy, you get to the playoffs and then it's super, the variance is high kind of sport. So, But I will say this. If they lose in the playoffs, I don't care to whom, I don't care how. I'm not firing the manager. I'll say that before the season. He has earned the benefit of the doubt. I think it's clear that he's better than any replacement you could possibly find. So I'm not doing that. All right. Um, ben Kenny, it's on the clock. I guess we'll we'll wait another week to grade the offseason. I had started to do it, but more things are happening. I, I think that would be a little premature. And uh, some other context. I mean, there could be some stuff available next offseason, as has been hinted when it comes to uh, Juan Soto in New York. He might reach free agency. So all of these things are things we're going to be watching in the future. But I speak of the deadline. An interesting tweet here from Sam Blum of The Athletic covering the Angels. Mike Trout spoke to reporters today. He said he's been pushing ownership to make more additions, but said he wasn't sure if it would happen. On the trade front, he said he's happy being in Anaheim right now, but left open a possibility that he'd be open to a trade down the line. So we had the whole trout fishing thing this offseason. I didn't want to do it. Not parting with prospects for a guy that is mostly injured. But if you get him in August, then you're not risking four months of possible injury. You have him for two months of the regular season, the final stretch, and the playoffs. So if I'm going to trade for him, I'm doing it at the deadline. And reading between the lines in Anaheim, they lose Otani. Their team totally stinks. They didn't really do anything in the offseason. And they're going to be bad again. And I don't, like, there has to be some level of him that wants to win. And it's kind of pathetic. If he never leaves or never forces a trade, it's honorable, right, to, to be loyal to the organization. But they totally blow. And they fumbled Otani. And every move they've made has, has been a total failure. And I think, I think it would be somewhat pathetic if Mike Trout never leaves. So, reading between the lines, there's a chance that he could in the near future. They're going to stink again. It's kind of realistic the Phillies could trade for him at the deadline. They don't have a great left fielder. That would make the whole Marsh thing, like, then you could maybe platoon Marsh and Rojas or use one on defense. Like, Marsh starts, Rojas goes in. That would make a ton of sense at midseason when you know he's healthy and when you know he's playing well. So I I enjoyed seeing that. I think that's, I mean, kind of Kind of big news. All right, uh, Ben Kenny on the clock again. We will we'll step away. There's some big 
moves across Major League Baseball that I want to touch on. And I, I had also written here, I had rehashed the whole the Phillies are better audio because of the better with context. I was going to go back to this. I, I'm going to save a couple of these things for later. Grading the offseason and whether the Phillies or how much better they actually got and not using some some scam Pakoda numbers rankings. No nerd numbers. We're talking about in the clubhouse, whether they're a better baseball team. So I want to touch on that coming up in in a week or so. But this is one other thing that Thompson said with Howard that I forgot to mention that I want to hit on before we do some baseball-wide moves. He was asked about whether the Phillies are better with Reese Hoskins. I think to answer the question, with Hoskins on the club, we would have been a better team. Now you would have mixed and matched, you know, Harper, DH, or play right. first every once in a while. Castellanos, DH. Castellanos going to be in there. He's 30 and 100 guy. But, um, yeah, I think I think so. And especially with with Reese's um, demeanor and uh, the level of poise that he brought to the game and his at-bats. I mean, he was a guy that uh, he didn't chase much, and he walked. He, he was on base in front of Harp and in front of JT and and, and Nick. And, and so that's that's a big part of it, no doubt. So he said the Phillies um, are a much better team or a better team with Hoskins. I don't think anybody's going to disagree. I mean, I obviously, they're much better, and he's such a valuable part, and they missed him last year and that whole spiel. But some people have spun this to say, all right, would you rather have Merrifield or Reese Hoskins, as if that was the decision made? Because Harper also spoke and said it was the team that came up to him and pushed him to play first for the future. And listen, as we've litigated, could there have been some way to bring Hoskins back and totally butcher your defense just to have his bat in the lineup? Yeah, there, yeah, there could have been. But when I see the approach of the team going forward, defense actually mattering, which is important, and them wanting, I mean, they wanted Harper to go to first. I just, here's the point. We can't just compare Hoskins to Merrifield because that's not, that wasn't the decision that was made. And I kind of hate that it's still a story. Like, love Reese Hoskins to death. Angry that Brewer social media is stealing valor with some of their posts. But I'm not here telling you that the Phillies made a drastic mistake. Their hands were kind of tied. It's a tough situation, and they made it. And I'm also not saying they're better without Hoskins, because they're not. It's just the reality of the situation. And, I mean, it'd be great if Hoskins could be in JT's spot in the lineup. If Hoskins could catch, but he can't. It's just, that's the realistic scenario. And, I mean, people do forget, generally, a lot of those moments in the NLCS and the World Series where he was a total butcher at first base. Everybody looks back upon it with all these roses and, oh yeah, the home runs. The guy did disappear in the World Series, and the guy did stink at first base. So it's not all, it wasn't all perfect. Say that to say that. It wasn't just the most ideal, perfect situation. So, all right, let's do this. On the clock, when we come back, a couple interesting moves to discuss, some big rumors, and this article by Bob Nightingale that had me angry this morning. That's next. Don't go anywhere. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, welcome back, Ben Kenny. It is on the clock um, with you, Phillies 24-7, 94-WIP. Moves across Major League Baseball. One interesting one this morning. And again, this is Monday, February 19th, the celebration of the presidents. John Heyman, Brandon Woodruff, back to the Brewers. Two-year deal. Now, remember, he was non-tendered. He is going to miss all of next season with a shoulder injury. A pretty demoralizing shoulder injury that happened in September right before the playoffs. I love Brandon Woodruff. I must say the Orioles traded for Corbin Burns. And then, I mean, all their arms are falling apart too. I love Brandon Woodruff more than Burns, more than a lot of pitchers in baseball. So if he comes back and he's as good as he was, this move is great by the Brewers. I wanted the Phillies to kick the tires on him, but when you trade for Hoskins, but then trade away Burns, it's like, okay, are you ever going to sign any of your top pitchers that come through? The direction of the team was so interesting, and it, it unclear. The direction was unclear as well. But signing Woodruff kind of gives a glimpse that, you know, maybe they are actually for real about winning. So credit to them. The Diamondbacks trade for Randall Grichuk, uh, the NL defending champion target on the back Diamondbacks. Again, Give me three minutes and we'll touch on that story. Two million. Um, doesn't move the needle. Whatever. Liam Hendricks goes to the Red Sox. I think I saw two years, 10 million. Yeah. Um, the Red Sox are a mess and are an embarrassment and they need good pitching. They don't need Liam Hendricks. All these veteran relievers just getting all this stupid, crazy money. David Robertson, 12 mil. Liam Hendricks. I mean, five mil is nothing, but you know what I mean. It's it's not a it's not a move that moves the needle. The bigger thing is how pathetic the team has become that I even need to say, oh yeah, they signed Liam Hendricks and it's their second move of the offseason. Um, all right. Rumors. Blake Snell, Yankees, looks likely. 
wouldn't surprise me. Classic Yankee. Can't wait to hate him. Probably going to get hurt and then stink. Philly's still a remote possibility for Montgomery. I have nothing on Bellinger. I have no clue. But remember, these are all Scott Boris clients. So maybe they all sign at the same time. Who knows? So that's all That's all the Major League Baseball um, moves, actually. There, there's not much else going on. Matt Chapman, again, who knows? J.D. Martinez, maybe to the Angels to make Trout happy before they end up sucking. And then um, nothing on Tim Anderson since the last time we spoke, which was at late last week. All right, um, I have to take a final break quickly. But then I do want to talk about a Bob Nightingale article that angered me this morning. So that is next as we close out the show. All right. Hello, we're back. Ben Kenny. Uh- hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. It's on the clock at Benzie Kenny on Twitter, which is where you can find opinions on things such as this. Bob Nightingale tweets out the following. Why NL champion Diamondbacks think they'll be even better in 2024. Okay, fine. You sign Eduardo Rodriguez. You make some upgrades. But his, the tweet, the caption just blew my mind. NL champion Arizona Diamondbacks. Know they have a target on their back, but think they'll be even better. Again, the Diamondbacks, this is quoting his tweet, know that they have a target on their back? That is one of the more asinine things I have ever read in my life. There is not one team. Dodgers get Otani. They get Yamamoto. They get Glass now. They get uh, Teoscar Hernandez. Braves, they go get Chris Sale. All of the teams making all of these moves, not once in their brains did they think, you know, I really hope this is the move that makes us good enough to beat the Diamondbacks. Nobody thinks that. They're not taken seriously as a contender in their division. They're not really taken seriously as a contender in the NL because they're not that good. They aren't. If you asked anybody across baseball also, when it comes to target, that means high profile, Everybody's rooting for your downfall. That happens with the Chiefs and the Brady Patriots and the A-Rod Yankees and the Astros who cheated. You ask anybody in the country who lost the World Series, bet you 90% has no clue because nobody cares about the Diamondbacks. Nobody. And they aren't that good. They won 84 games last year. They're They're a solid team. But we can't just use the word good to describe everything. They're not going to win their division. They'll probably finish second. They might win a wild card. And they're not making the same BS run again. Where teams totally pee down their leg. Where the Dodgers don't have pitching. And the Brewers, again, pee down their leg. And the Phillies totally choke. It's not going to happen again. It's not. So to say they have a target on their back is wrong. When the Braves signed Chris Sale... They did not do so to beat the Diamondbacks. As I've said, they did it to beat the Phillies. And everybody who's jaded from the loss, fine. Get over it. I'm almost over it. But we have to understand that the Phillies 
not the Diamondbacks, are the class of the NL. They are the ones with the target because they're actually the threat to the Braves because they beat them twice in a row and a threat to the Dodgers because the Dodgers haven't been back, COVID didn't count, to the World Series since whenever. They used to lose to the Phillies all the time. Nobody looks at the Diamondbacks as a real contender. So this article is stupid, and it makes no sense. Now, they are better. Like, they made good moves, and the young guys will get better and awesome. You know? I mean, their manager's a dork, but he's kind of seems to be a good manager and managed well in the playoffs. But, oh, my, just miss me with, oh, target on their back, everybody against us. Dude, nobody's against you. Nobody thinks you're that good. Nobody takes you seriously. That was ridiculous to see this morning. So that got me all worked up, which is good. Things that invoke emotion when it comes to this are positive. That means it means baseball's real in this town. And that, I mean, I, I hate the Diamondbacks. And I will, I'll be praying for their downfall. I have a target on their back. But guess what? I am not Dave Dombrowski. And I'm not the guys putting together these teams. So there you go. All right. That is, that's going to do it. Um, as always, we thank you for hanging out. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the long weekend and we will talk, I think next week, maybe 10 days from now as uh, spring training officially gets underway. I cannot wait until then. We'll talk to you. See ya. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.